Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conant, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, been, a, been a busy weekend. Uh, spring practice ended for UCLA football. I just came back from a, a UCLA baseball game. We're recording this on Sunday, so they just completed the sweep against Arizona State. Uh, still in, in the running for that Pac-12 regular season title in baseball, putting up a billion runs this weekend so that that was that was fun to watch uh nice day for baseball is it is a, a good good game to to be there for but uh the biggest thing this weekend was the nfl draft uh i watched pretty much every second of it and was maybe a little overwhelmed by the end of it uh, how many times they're gonna play like the same highlight music and and have like weird things where they cut to ice cube from the night before. Uh, but mostly it, it was, it was pretty good to watch it. There was a lot of surprises in the first round, some big trades with Hollywood Brown and, and uh, AJ Brown. Uh, so, so those are some big moves. And then once you get into day two, day three, then you get some UCLA guys come off the board. Uh, so we'll mostly do a lot of breaking that down. Who went, where did they drop? Did they go too high? Uh, some, some good fits, who's going to play early, who, who's with the right staff and the, where they are in the depth chart, all that kind of stuff. We'll break it down for you. And also looking ahead a little bit um, to UCLA men's basketball, had some roster decisions that we'll break down, uh, had looking into next year and uh, some years beyond that when it comes to recruiting. Um, so with all that out of the way, uh, if you're listening, just want to say thank you. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, turn on notifications on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're listening on would really appreciate it. And if you're looking for any extra UCLA content, you can head over to allbruins.com, the UCLA site on Sports Illustrated. Got written stuff, videos, interviews. Uh, so if you're ever looking for some more UCLA stuff to kind of get, get where you're looking on that front, you can head on over there. 
our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Travis, let's get right into it. The NFL draft. The there were six UCLA guys who came off the board. Before we get into who went where individually and all that. Uh, six guys that's double what USC had. Uh, USC only had three. And then you had schools like Clemson had two. Florida State had one. Auburn had one. Miami had one. Texas didn't have any, <laughs> which is something that a lot of people were talking about. It's, it's fun to, to kind of clown Texas for stuff like that. But yeah, I think it was tied for the sixth or seventh most uh, UCLA had. Is their, their most in a single draft since 2015, I want to say. Uh, so pretty big weekend. Uh, what do you think that does for uh, the the perception of the program, the the momentum around the program, what they can kind of build off of this weekend moving forward? Well, I think it's a it's a morale booster, to be honest. I mean, you think when is the last time we were discussing this off air? When was the last time UCLA got double the draft of SC? <laughs> double and uh that don't happen like even on sc's down years people trust sc players more than they would have trust ucla but this year i think that it, it just shows the facts of the the, the game that was played it, ucla had more talent and uh, ucla had a lot of talent this year and the fact that uh you know coach can be like look i had six players drafted now if they play or if they stay or whatever the case that's up to them but I have more than UCLA, Texas, Auburn, Clemson, all tied with them all combined. Now, think about what you just said before, Sam. Clemson, you know, national yeah. champions, you know, a couple years ago. Clemson, Auburn was in the national championship years ago. Texas is a you know, big program. Uh, Florida State is a huge program. And USC and UCLA have more than all those schools. Uh, when is the last time that happened? Probably never. So for me, I think that it's a great morale booster for the school because you could say, like, we got six players drafted. Look, I don't think anybody's going to outdraft uh, Alabama and Georgia. They're going to get there to the factory <laughs> right now. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, Georgia had five guys in the first round. So I think uh, all on defense, too. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> that, that all on defense. All on defense. Just on another level. When it's 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 on another level when their side guy gets drafted number one off potential. He wasn't even the main guy. He was yeah. just a, another good guy. Uh, I didn't think he was worth number one, but what do I know? So, <laughs> um, yeah. And so, like I said, uh, Georgia, Alabama, the factory, but UCLA getting six is big. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking at it right now, doing the UCLA-USC comp. Um, so last year, UCLA had two guys, USC had five. So 
That's tough. The year before, <laughs> the year before UCLA had three and USC had two. Um, so that there you go. There, there's a win there. 2019 USC had four. UCLA had one. 2018 USC had four. UCLA had five. Uh, 2017, I think they both had five. 2016 UCLA had six. USC had four. Uh, so it's not too uncommon you go back like 15 years or whatever and like peak peak carol yeah let's like, go peak carol time like matt, matt Liner, <laughs> Reggie Bush, like all those guys, like mark sanchez those guys uh you're, you're not getting any any wins there on the ucla <laughs> side but this is not a one-off the last like six years the basically taking advantage of the clay helton era this is the only arena they've done that in it. it is it is interesting though, because I feel like some people are like take this as some quarter some some kind of vindication or like a uh like defense of, of Chip Kelly uh in terms of his his team building. Um and they're like, oh see, like he, he knows how to identify talent and he's like it turns out he is putting together big recruiting classes or really good recruiting classes. It doesn't matter what the rankings say, and I'm like well, you look at who got drafted. Kyle Phillips, he committed before Chip signed. Uh, and then Quentin Lake was on the roster before Chip signed. Uh, Greg Dulcich was a walk-on. Britton Brown was a transfer. And then Sean Ryan was like the crown jewel of that 2019 recruiting class. So that was a, a, a recruiting win there. But, I mean, of the six guys drafted, only one was a traditional recruit brought in by Chip Kelly. So, and then you, you look forward, like, how many guys on this year's team are going to get drafted? I mean, yeah, like Dorian will, but DTR, I mean, he was committed before Chip got here. So, like, <laughs> I, Chip has, has done a good job taking advantage of the transfer portal, and that's really been his his saving grace to, to get UCLA to being an mm-hmm. above-average team the past mm-hmm. two years. Um, but in terms of how it impacts his uh, past recruiting record, I don't think this is – very revealing on that it may in, in one way or the other I, i'm not saying this is proof that he's a bad recruiter or that he's a great recruiter it's just like i take issue with people saying that this is proof that he's a good recruiter <laughs> no i agree i think um you know like you said he took advantage of the transfer portal and i think you know a lot of coaches who are like ship kelly status is going to take advantage of transfer portal players because every player can't go to alabama and if they do go to Alabama, every player is not going to play at Alabama. So you figure, look, at Alabama, Georgia, you know, Texas kind of are not rejects, but guys who want to leave and go play somewhere and play, UCLA is going to be like, boom, we'll take you. Yeah, you'll play right away. Boom, we'll take you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean you look at UCLA's linebacker core last year. You had Caleb Johnson, who came from Texas. You had Ali Cajo, who came from Alabama. You had Jordan Jamar Keith, who came from Notre Dame. You take these guys who are contributing in one way or another, not really with Caleb Johnson. He was kind of bouncing around a little bit uh, and did the Juco route and, and was maybe not super impactful. But like Ali Cajo was a special teams ace and was pretty good at linebacker for Alabama. Jordan Jamar Keith was like starting as a safety linebacker hybrid for Notre Dame. So it's not like like you said, it's not the rejects. It's just these these other guys who are graduates or looking for something new or might come closer to home after leaving to go to those big programs when they're coming out of high school. So that they Chip Kelly, great job for using the transfer portal like like it should be used to to its 
full advantages and everything. And I mean, they got a whole other aspect of it now with NIL and this whole rumor about uh, USC paying that pit receiver, the Bolitnikoff winner, like $2 million to come to USC, which uh, has been denied, but then also confirmed. And uh, we'll see if he ends up going out there, but that some, Oh, I was going to say, is he, is he at SC? Did he, did he transfer to SC? I didn't even I know don't that. know if it actually happened, but a lot of people are saying it's about to. So uh, <laughs> if, if that adds a whole new wrinkle that I don't think chip uh, would be great at when it comes to selling guys as like a literal salesman. <laughs> um, but when he's looking for those vets uh, who are coming home or looking to get a degree in something like he's, he's done a great job of finding those kind of guys because they're kind of his type of guys. He, he wants the vets who, who know and love ball and want to hit the classroom, be mature mm-hmm. and, and know what they're getting into on and off the field and everything. Uh, that's how he's used the transfer board of the past couple of years. Uh, and it's, it's, it's gone pretty well for him. I mean, you have other guys like Paul Grattan, uh, who signed as an undrafted dude. He's, he's going to be going to many, many camps with the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. Quantrez Knight, uh, he was another grad transfer. Uh, he is going, I want to say, oh, yes, yeah, so the 49ers. So these guys come in, contribute, and then move on. And they're set up to do pretty decent things. So that's good. Uh, but let's get into the actual NFL draft. Who went where? How, how the fit is looking and everything. Uh, first guy off the board for UCLA was Greg Dulcich. That was expected. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, the, the tight end uh, is the third tight end off the board. Uh, he's going to the Denver Broncos. They traded. Well, so the Broncos took Noah Fant in the first round of the 2019 draft, and he had been putting together a pretty good career three years in, uh, but they traded him to the yeah. Seahawks mm-hmm. to get Russell Wilson. Uh, to kind of fix that quarterback mess that they've had ever since Peyton Manning left. Um, so now they have their quarterback and Russell Wilson, and now they replaced Noah Fant and got that tight end that Russell Wilson can look towards. Greg, he, he's uh, fast and pretty, pretty fast for a tight end, uh, but he's a really good route runner, good hands, uh, just overall vertical threat, uh, great in the seam. That, that's a good fit there. I just want to toot my own horn uh, for a little bit here because I did a, a little UCLA mock draft on allbruins.com uh, on on Thursday, I think it was. Uh, throughout the week, I was just doing little like profile things and guessing, and then on Thursday, I picked where each guy was going to go. I had Greg Dulcich going to the Broncos in the third round. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say I had it at 75, and he went 80, but they picked up 80 because of another trade. If I knew they had that pick, and then maybe I would have said 80. Who knows? I apparently I was spot on on that one otherwise. But I mean it's a it's a good fit. Russell mm-hmm, Wilson mm-hmm. throwing to Greg Dulcich and Jerry Judy and uh uh who's that who's the other receiver they they have? That, that's a that's a good group for him to work with. It's a great group because guess what? He doesn't have to carry the team, you know. Um, when you have other talent around you, it makes you shine. Uh Travis Kelsey doesn't become Travis Kelsey without Tariq Hill, you know, now Mm -hmm. we'll see what Travis Kelsey really is about without Tariq Hill. But, you know, when you come into a good situation, you got a veteran quarterback, veteran wide receivers, you know, veteran, but young, you know, like I think he's going to really, really do good because I, if you notice uh, Russell Wilson throws to his tight ends, 
he throws to his tight ends a lot. You know, they're his safety valve in a way, if they're especially if they can catch. So to me, to let everybody know, he might be your fantasy steal, like a, you know, 10th round, 11th round pick, because I think he's going to get a lot of time, especially like I said, like you said, with Noah Fant gone, and he's going to get his opportunities. He just got to take advantage of them. Yeah. Uh, and it was, um, I just had the name for the other receiver they have, uh, Cortland Sutton. There we go. Uh, who, there we go. Who, yeah. yeah who's, who's pretty good. Uh, let me just He's pull up the yeah. So so they've they've got their their pass game set up pretty well. Uh, let me just pull up their depth chart. Um, so it's looking like so this one has Dulcich as a second string tight end. Albert, I don't know how to say that. Akugabam. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to see. So he's. I love, I love the attempt. I love the attempt. <laughs> I tried my best. I'm trying. Trying to see if he's a pass catcher type or a blocking type because uh, the the one knock on Dulcich is that he's not a great blocker. He he picked it up a little bit. Uh, I think that was uh, one of his biggest areas of growth at UCLA this past season. Um, but uh, still, I mean, just physically, that's not his strong suit. Um, so I think he'll work well in two tight end sets when they have him running out in the seam. Someone someone else might have to be that kind of guy who runs out in the flat and is more of a that, that safety valve you're talking about where Dulcich is the big play threat. Um, but so if, if this guy can, can work with Dulcich that way, that's great. Um, he's 6'5", 260. He had 33 catches, 330 yards, two touchdowns last year. So he's like moderately productive. And that was working alongside uh, Noah Fant, uh, who I think may have been injured a little bit last year. So yeah, uh, yeah, not only will he not have to take on all the offensive load in general, but he won't have to take on all the offensive load at tight end. And depending on how they run things there, that, that'll be pretty good. And uh, I know I was talking to Chip Kelly on Saturday. Um, I, I asked him about it at the press conference. Uh, and he said that uh, Russell Wilson called Chip Kelly on uh, on Friday night after Dulcich went to the Broncos and asked some questions about him and just kind of familiar from familiarizing himself with Dulcich and Chip gave him Greg's number and then, then they talked and everything. That's pretty good. That that if, if you're Dulcich and you are a, a big play tight end, I mean, <laughs> playing with Russell Wilson's that bad and, and getting on, getting in the, the facility with him and working with him early and making that connection, the chemistry with him early, you can't go wrong there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, folks. I think it's a great pickup for them because, like I said, they, Denver runs like uh, besides their zone running offense. You know, they run like a spread type, like a you know two two uh, two to three wide receivers and a tight end out. out. You know, with Noah Fant, Noah Fant wasn't a great blocker. He was more the you know slot tight end, whatever they call it. You know, where he's out yeah. on receiver. You know, Dulcich can fill that for sure. Exactly, and that's what they wanted. They wanted a pass catching tight end, so. Because with Sutton and Judy, the that middle is going to be wide open because Judy has this, you know, speed set so to Sutton. And they have a great running game as well. So, like, they have a lot of weapons to where, like, he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't have to carry the team. Um, he doesn't have to carry, you know, where he gets double and triple team. You know, like, I would say this. One of the greatest tight ends, probably the greatest tight end ever, was Gronk because he had to carry the team at points. Now, imagine Gronk being basically the number two receiver and Julian Edelman being number one, a slot 
and a tight end. You know, that's carrying the team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where what, what he has to do with Denver is not that. He's going to be wide open in the middles and those you know, little so out routes, seam routes, those kind of things, what tight ends do. They make they make their money in the middle. That's what he's going to be doing. Yeah, and just a few other notes on Dulcich. Uh, I think the third UCLA tight end in a row to get drafted. I mean, none declared last year. So in uh, 2019, Caleb Wilson went to the Cardinals 2020. Uh, yeah, you had uh, Devin Asiasi going to the Patriots, and now mm-hmm. you had Dulcich going to the Broncos at 80. He's the highest drafted UCLA tight end since Mercedes Lewis in uh, in 2005 or 2006. Uh, he went in the first round. So yeah, it's looking mm-hmm. it's looking good for Dulcich. Next yeah. off the board on the UCLA side uh, was Sean Ryan. Uh, he went um, 92 overall. Uh, to the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Packers are, are, I think, who they I think they lost a tackle or something in the off season. I forget who it was, but they they've got two real tackles uh, in David Bakhtari and uh, Elton Jenkins, um, who I think was hurt for most, or maybe at the very end of last year. He'll probably miss the beginning of this year. Um, and then they've they've got some uh, returning veterans on the interior at guard too. So it doesn't look like Sean Ryan has a, a starting spot carved out for him. Um, but he is kind of that third guard and third tackle. It looks like uh, the the Packers also drafted Zach Tom, who is more of a tackle. So they might officially fully move Sean Ryan from left tackle where he played at UCLA into guard and kind of work on him with that transition. So he doesn't have to handle multiple duties, but there are certain offenses that like having the, the versatility and Ryan is a guy who can do both. Um, he, he pulled a lot and he, he moved a lot uh, for a left tackle at UCLA working with Justin Fry, the offensive line coach and in, uh, Chip Kelly's offense. So, so that's good. Obviously protecting Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, running back AJ Dillon. Uh, they don't have Devonte Adams at all in that offense anymore, but they got St. Watkins. Uh, they still have Alan Lazar. They got Randall Cobb. They drafted that guy, Christian Watson. Um, so it, it'll still be a pretty decent offense. And Sean Ryan will kind of be a jack of all trades on that offensive line. In, in today's NFL, you got to be versatile. It, if you notice what the NFL is, it's kind of like NBA, to be honest. It's like uh, you need versatile players, like especially on the offensive line, you know. Uh, a guy, at, you know, maybe not necessarily left tackle, but like say he played left tackle in college, you can move to left guard in, in pros, you know, maybe move to center, you know, like it, you got to be versatile if you want to play this game. Um, I think him going to Green Bay is great because guess what? Uh, you have an all pro, first team all pro in David Bakhtiari, you know, at the left tackle. So you don't have none mm-hmm. of that pressure on you playing the left tackle. Uh, they have, you know, Green Bay always drafts well at the, at the line and they always teach their guards and their tackles to block well for the quarterbacks. So um, I think he's going to learn from the best. You know, I would say the two teams I always felt I always had, they would draft just no name guys and turn them into all, all pros was the Patriots uh, and Green Bay Packers. Because I was like, who the heck is David Battiari? And then all of a sudden he becomes like one of the top tackles. <laughs> in football, you know what I'm saying? So I think that uh, him going to Green Bay, you get to learn from the best and you get to block for the, you know, one of the best, you know, in in, 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 uh, in Aaron Rodgers. And I think with their offense, it's a lot, a lot of run heavy, 
Yeah, a lot of red heavy offense with Dylan and and with uh, uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. There we go. Sorry about yeah. that. With Aaron Jones. So to me, you know, it's a lot of that and the play action off of that. So he, he I think if you if he could be a great run blocker, he'll play a lot for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he definitely showed at UCLA he was a good run blocker. I think he started every single game the last three years, and UCLA had I think at the number one run game in the Pac-12 all three of those seasons. Over the past three years, they've probably at least the past two years they've had the best offense in the Pac-12 as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he can he can do his job. You look at the the pressure numbers that he gave up. He cut it in half from his freshman year to his sophomore year, and then from his sophomore year to his junior year, he cut it in half again in terms of how many hits and hurries and sacks he was letting up. Um, I think I got the number here um, in terms of how many sacks he allowed in his career at UCLA. Um, Yeah, let's see. So he had 1,218 career snaps in pass protection at left tackle, and he allowed two sacks. Wow. Wow. (laughs) he, he, He can definitely pass protect. Uh, and then if you look at UCLA's run offense as a whole, he, he played a major part in that. Um, so, so that's really good. Uh, I think he was the first UCLA O-lineman drafted since uh, that 2018 draft when uh, Colton Miller went in the first round of the Raiders and uh, Scott Questenberry went to the Chargers later on mid-rounds. Um, so, so that's good. And, and like we were saying, this was a Chip Kelly recruit. He committed while Chip Kelly was on the staff and, and he kind of went through his whole career in Chip Kelly's offense, Chip Kelly's system. And he went from being a high four-star recruit to a top three round NFL draft pick. So that's a a good, good little path there for, for Sean Ryan. The next guy off the board uh, for UCLA was in the fifth round, uh, Otito Ogbonia uh, going to the chargers at one sixty. Uh, interior defensive lineman, maybe not the greatest uh, pass rusher, um, a pretty above average run stuffer, all around pretty pretty good prospect. And he's got the physical traits, got a lot of size, really long arms. I think he had the longest arms of any D lineman at the combine. Uh, and then on top of that, which kind of seems contrary, is that he led the defensive lineman in bench press reps. You usually think like, oh, longer arms, that's a tougher thing uh, just with the way your, your body's built and everything. But if you're that big with those long arms and you're still benching that much, this guy has the physical tools to, to be a real talent in the NFL. Uh, you look at what the Chargers did uh, elsewhere this offseason. I mean, they already had Joey Bosa, who's Pro Bowl or All Pro, like one of the top pass rushers. Uh, and then on the other edge, they added Khalil Mack from the bears. Another one of the guys is one of the best edge rushers. And then they signed uh, Austin Johnson from the giants and Sebastian Joseph day from the Rams. So some, some other veterans there on the interior. So Obonia probably isn't going to, to be a starter or get a ton of reps uh, because that's a really, really good defensive line. Uh, but he is kind of safely in that second string territory, especially with the, the way they run things. It's looking like, uh, he'll have a chance, but as a whole, I mean, that, that defense, I mean, they also had a JC Jackson at corner. Um, they had James Derwin, Asante Samuel jr. Was, was a recent pick of theirs. Uh, Kenneth Murray's really good. So all of a sudden you take the chargers who like, Oh yeah, Justin Herbert and, uh, 
uh, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Like, yeah, they're an offensive team, but like, oh no, this defense is legit. And Atito <laughs> Bonia gets to be a part of that. So good for him. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I think if you want to say it, they probably had the best defensive uh, offseason of any team in the NFL. You add a number one corner who is a ball taker aware. J.C. Jackson, like, we'll see how really good he is this year with, with – Mr. With, INT. Yes, because <laughs> with with in that system with the Patriots, if for some reason he always had like a billion interceptions every year. <laughs> um, and so we'll see if he's the number one quarter this year because he will be the number one guy, period. Now, you add Khalil Mack to Joey Bosa, like, like you said. Um, I don't know if they still have Melvin Ingram, too. Um, uh, I don't, he's not showing up on their depth chart that I found. So I don't yeah. know where he went. Um, do you go to the yeah. Ravens? Am I making that up? I don't maybe, know. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, like with Khalil Mack and Bosa on two sides, that is a terrible twosome. Um, <laughs> and like I said, I think that what, what they're doing is they're loading up because they know they have to beat Denver. They know they have to beat, you know, the Raiders and they know they have to beat Kansas city. So to beat them, you need to be physical with the quarterbacks. And the only way to be physical is to get pressure without blitzing. So I think, you know, with what he can't with him going to charges more of a depth piece so they can rotate bodies. Because in the yeah. NFL, everybody gets hurt, period. Khalil Mack, as great as he is, he always gets hurt. Uh Joey Bosa, as great as he is, he's always just nicked up, you know. So I think that, you know, getting these pieces to where all you got to come in is for five to 10 snaps or 15 snaps or whatever and play all out, you know, for those 15 snaps. And I think like, you know, that's, if that's your job, then you should just be the best at that, you know? Um, and I think that's like, that's a good thing because he'll never get double team. He'll always be single cover, always yeah. be single cover. So, yeah, I, I think it's teams are going to be so worried about what's going on in the edge uh with with Bosa and uh with Khalil Mack that that interior uh defensive line with those veterans and a young guy in Otito uh they're not going to need like otherworldly pass rush skills to be able to create pressure like there there's like Otito probably won't finish a ton of sacks but if he can just kind of take a guy one-on-one while other guys are focused elsewhere and that creates a hole for for Blitzer and that's good. He he's he definitely ended up in a good spot. And I mean, even though he's from Texas originally before he came out to LA for, for school, obviously it doesn't have to go very far. Um, so, so that's a, <laughs> yeah. you got some other UCLA guys there. Um, Joshua Kelly's is there. I know they, they took a running back. So uh, Joshua Kelly might not be a part of the long-term plan there. And he kind of, he had a pretty good start to his rookie year, then kind of, plateaued and then this past year they didn't go to him too often so who knows but his future is there it's kind of um, hard when uh, with austin ecklers i don't you know ecklers exactly. the pro running back that does everything so it's kind of hard to get minutes behind him yeah and then uh who else did they uh i think questenberry may have left uh because i know he was there so uh either way the chargers will have a ucla guy there with a cheeto going there now uh, next guy off the board, who I think fell a little bit, uh, not drastically, nothing huge, because, I, I mean, I pro- I pegged him as a, a fourth rounder, and he fell to the, in the middle of the fifth, uh, was Kyle Phillips. 
uh, receiver, slot receiver, goes to the Tennessee Titans at 163, uh, which uh, I think that's a good spot for him. It's it's tough to tell, though, because um, they they have Ryan Tannehill as a veteran quarterback, mm-hmm, but who did mm-hmm. they uh, – who did they take? Uh, did, they took the, the guy market our uh, quarterback. Uh, yeah, because they so um, they took. I know they took the receiver first from Arkansas. That was well, yeah. First. So they traded AJ Brown for a first round pick, which they used on Traylon Burks, uh, who basically is, is a younger version of AJ Brown. <laughs> yeah, um, but he is also kind of like that Debo Samuel's kind of guy where. He can play in the slot and then he can play outside and then he can take end arounds and runs. And he's just kind of a, a big, strong, fast athlete who can play wherever. So that's, that's really good for them. Um, uh, who, oh, they took, they took Malik Willis. Um, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from, from Liberty. It was probably yeah. the, they said no, all, the, all the talk coming in was that the second he gets to the NFL, he's the second fastest QB in the league behind Lamar. Um, so whatever, their long-term plans are with Tannehill. The offense could change a little more when Malik takes over in a couple of years, if that's the plan or if they experiment there at all. Uh, but so they lose AJ Brown in, in the trade to get Traylon Burks. So they kind of make that swap there. Um, Julio Jones uh, doesn't look like they're bringing him back. He's still a free agent, um, but seems like he's gone. Uh, and then they have uh, Robert Woods they brought in. Uh, I don't know what his injury situation is because I know he like towards the end of the season, right when Odell got to the Rams, was when uh, Woods got hurt. So yeah, I don't know if he'll Achilles be there. Or ACL. Achilles yeah, or so ACL. I, so I don't know if he'll be ready for the start of the year. Uh, if he's not, then I mean you got you got targets there. Whenever Burks is playing outside or running back, or if they line them guys in the slot on both sides or whatever, then Kyle Phillips will get reps. Uh, and it seems like Tannehill is the type of quarterback who would like to look Kyle Phillips way. I think there are probably better spots. He could have ended up, uh, he got a veteran quarterback, but in a run heavy offense and, uh, Kyle Phillips at a college level was a really good blocker, but we have to see how that translates to the next level. Uh, and then with Robert Woods there, Traylon Burks there, they, they brought in Austin Hooper at tight end, not a ton of targets. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, their top receivers last year were Julio and AJ Brown, who were bigger outside guys. And we're going to have to see how they do with a, with a slot guy who, I mean, Kyle Phillips could move around the field at UCLA, but uh, his size and athleticism kind of of pigeonhole him into that slot role once he gets (laughs) to the NFL. So we'll see how they use him. Uh, It's not an ideal fit, but it could turn out to be a good one. So we'll see. No, definitely. I think, uh, I mean, you know, like everybody needs possession receivers, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what Kyle Phillips can be for Tennessee. Like it doesn't really matter. Like, uh, you know, like who they got, I got a rookie, I guess the rookie and Robert Woods is going to be the number one guy. If Robert Woods is the number one guy, he's kind of injured and they just got a rookie. So who is there really their number one target? And I think that, uh, Kyle could slip in like, you know, like we were saying, because he could be the possession guy, even though Robert Woods is a possession receiver. Um, you know, Kyle, can, he can play. Like I said, I think they don't really have a, a slot guy because you can, you need a slot guy in, in, in today's NFL. You need a, a guy who's going to get you the third and fives, the third and sevens, you know, the two and eights to, you know, second and eights to get to like second and five. They you, Everybody needs those kind of guys. 
Yeah. Uh, let's quickly run through, through these last few guys. You got Quentin Lake safety uh, went in the sixth round to the LA Rams. Uh, so another guy who doesn't have to go very far. He's, he's actually grew up is from uh, LA and everything. So that's, that's more of a hometown team staying home, even though the Rams were in St. Louis when he was growing up, but anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he's going there. They, they have some guys at safety, but I mean, you can never have too many defensive backs. He'll, he'll get a shot there. That's, uh, that's a pretty good fit. It'll, it'll be fun to have him still in LA. Um, so yeah. Any, any thoughts there, Travis? Uh, well, that's always, like I said, I think, I think for the Rams, I think it's always good to draft a hometown guy, you know? Yeah. Um, it's always good. You got to have at least one guy from the, you know, from the hometown, you know, like, I don't think like it's fair to have everybody on your team from somewhere else. Um, so I would hope he makes a team, but you know, sixth and seventh round picks, uh, you never know. It's just basically like having a free agent. It's kind of like, you know, NFL, they, they release you, they cut you, they put you on a practice squad. You just never know. I think, you know, going to the Rams is a need. They need a safety, you know, because their last safety, they brought out a retirement right before the playoffs. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they need a safety, you know, so we'll see what happens. He could make the team. Yeah. Uh, and then in the seventh round, last guy to come off the board, I think there were like six picks and left in the draft or, so, or maybe, maybe a little more. Cause it was at two fifty. Uh, the Vegas Raiders took Britton Brown. This was a surprise for me because, I, I mean, his two years at UCLA, he was the second string running back. Like, he was never the lead back at UCLA. Uh, and, and he was, I mean, one of the best second backs in the West. Like he was really good at filling that role. And he was physical and a good veteran guy. And he could break off some long runs, even though he's not the most freakish athlete or super speedy dude. Uh, but to see him get picked was a little shocking. I kind of assumed like, Oh, he'll go. He'll be one of those guys who goes to a mini camp and we'll see. But I mean, like he's said, nothing's guaranteed. Um, but that's a pretty good move for him. I think uh, it's, it is tough though, because you look at what the Raiders have right now, they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs 50 year option. So they're clearly not committed to him for the, the long run, uh, but he is there this season. He's definitely in their number one uh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, he's got another veteran guy. Uh, he's got one year left on his deal. So he and Josh Jacobs will be receive, uh, free agents at the end of the year. Amir Abdullah is hanging around there. He probably won't make the roster, but if he did, if he does, he's just on his last year's contract. Brandon Bolden's there, but he's really just a special teams guy. Uh, so the, the Raiders drafted two running backs. It took Zamir White and Britton Brown. Britton has a... I mean, just because of how many bodies are there, probably doesn't have a great chance at making the roster, but the Raiders are clearly moving in a new direction at that position. And I mean, they're paying Derek Carr, like top five quarterback money. They're, they traded for Devontae Adams and paid him like the highest paid receiver in the league or, or up there at least. Uh, so they're going to have to kind of cut costs at other positions and, Running back may be one of those. So they're going to have to lean on young guys on cheap contracts. So Zamir White will be one of them and Burton Brown could be too. And, and they're, they're both kind of really physical guys, uh, mm. body wise, similar to Josh Jacobs. So they both could be separate options to replace him. Or maybe they're looking for the in the future to have a committee of those two at, at, at that spot. No, definitely. I think in the NFL, if you notice, it's really running back by committee. No team really pays their running backs what they're really worth. 
Um, Josh Jacobs gets, he's a great running back, but he gets hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets hurt a lot because he takes a pounding. And same with Drake. Drake gets hurt a lot too. And so not maybe not a ton, but he's not, he, Drake is more of a third down back. He's not really like a in between the tackles back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, you know, Brent Brown has a chance to make the team because like, look, I think that most teams are carry minimum three to four running backs uh, and then try to keep one or two on their practice squad. And I think um, he has a chance. I think that he's a, like you said, like he's similarly built to Josh Jacobs. So it would be easy, easy fit for him. And like I said, I think those guys stay injured. And right now, NFL is running back by committee because they're not going to pay Josh Jacobs $50 million. You know, they're not going to pay him $40 yeah. million. He better be lucky if he gets like a four-year, $30 million deal. You know, if he doesn't want it, okay, boom, next guy, next cheap guy up. You know, and that's how the NFL is with the running backs nowadays. So um, I think, you know, he might not make the team, but I think he'll probably be on a practice squad. But he could make the team because, you know, if Josh Jacobs says I'm a hold out or something like that, you know, you never know. Yeah, I, I think seeing him get drafted makes me go from thinking, well, maybe he's, he's a mini camp guy. And, and if he's lucky, then he can be on a practice squad in the fall, too. Well, yeah, he's going to be on a practice squad for sure. And if he'll probably get a few weeks where he's on the team when, like you're talking about, if Josh Jacobs hurt, Kenny and Drake's hurt, they'll probably cut a vet like Amir Abdullah doesn't really need to be there. Um, and yeah, Britton Brown will probably be on an NFL roster during the regular season at some point next year, which <laughs> is good to see. I mean, <laughs> that just goes to show, imagine if Zach Charbonnet had declared. <laughs> because Britton Brown was his was his backup had half as many carries like fewer yards per carry, fewer touchdowns, whatever it was. <laughs> if Zach Charbonnet went into the draft, he's probably one of the top running backs out there. But hey, wanted to come back to UCLA, finish his degree, just kind of be that low key dude, and get his money later, hopefully. So uh, no, yeah, he's a first round. Like, to me, this is just me. Like I said, I, I know I might be sounding biased, but he's a first round pick. Like you know, like a first round running back talent. Yeah. Now, if he gets drafted in the first round, we'll see. I don't know. But he's a first-round running. He is sensational at the running back. Yeah. And it's this there, – there are a few a few things that are good signs for UCLA next year, next year's draft. One of them is, well, if Britton Brown's drafted, then Charbonnet will go pretty high, which – so there's that. There's also Kenny Pickett uh, going to the Steelers in the first round. who's the first quarterback off the board. Uh, he – uh, there were some physical things that kind of were holding him back. Everyone's talking about the small hands and arguments about thumb joints and all that kind of nonsense. But really, Kenny Pickett, uh, he came back for his fifth year of college, uh, fourth year as the starter uh, after playing a little bit as a freshman. Uh, he came back for that extra COVID year and probably like in the summer, um, heading into the college football season, it was maybe, I don't know, the 15th ranked quarterback looking ahead to the to the NFL draft. Dorian's probably a little bit higher than that, but the yes. fact that Kenny Kenny Pickett can go from like in his fifth year, uh, no less, because everyone talks about, oh yeah, take a younger guy with upside. I don't know if that's the thing in the NFL as much as it is in the NBA where a guy stays too long and then he kind of loses that shine. Well, Kenny Pickett was in college for five years and he kind of made that leap his fifth year. So if you're Dorian, you're going to be like, okay, <laughs> I can, I can make that leap from nine to two or whatever it is. And, and we'll see it. But like, 
that's in the cards. Is Dorian Thompson Robinson going to be the first quarterback off the board in a, in a draft that has CJ Stroud and, and uh, Bryce Young? No. <laughs> can he can he go pretty high and get some like a like some real money and find a real spot in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. He definitely has a chance. No, I think uh yeah, I think the first two quarterbacks are automatically Ohio State, Alabama, for yeah. sure. I, I don't think it's even a question like who's gonna be unless some unless the kid from Clemson becomes a different player this year. Yeah, he uh, really took a step back last year. So you yeah, have to yeah, put yeah, that he behind would, him completely. Yeah, really, really, really take a step forward to I think those two are basically the best two in college, college football. And it's mm-hmm. not even close, you know. And you put the dude from Clemson because of his weight and size and big in his arm, he'll probably be number three. But can can you know uh D be number four? Yes. He can definitely move up to four. And like I said, if you're a fourth best quarterback. Nowadays in the draft, nowadays because everybody needs a quarterback, he could probably get drafted second round at the latest. You know, um, this yeah, year this was, was a, this was a yeah, it was a weird year because yeah. you had so many trades and free like you had Matt Ryan going to the Colts. So even though the Colts will probably need a quarterback soon, I don't, they're not going to take a guy super high. And the Steelers they they took theirs, and then the Falcons well they have their bridge guy and and the the Panthers aren't really sure what to do and then you had uh, the Broncos didn't end up needing one because they got Russell Wilson and the, the Seahawks were unsure if they needed one because they're like well we just got Drew Locke in this trade and Baker yeah. is still out there and there's all these weird things going on but typically I mean this this was a, a weak quarterback draft and yes, a weird yes. quarterback market yes yes I think uh, like you said the trades kind of affected the draft um, Deshaun Watson think, too to the Browns. Yeah, there was another that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see next year what happens with everything, how everything kind of shakes out. Because I think that the, uh, the Colts will take Matt Ryan for one, maybe two years. Right? Uh, Atlanta's still going to need a quarterback. Uh, the the Giants. I mean, the they, Giants, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're not, not bringing, bringing up back the Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah the so, Giants. But, but they don't want to take a quarterback right now to completely rob him of his confidence. They're trying to get one last chance out of him. So they're, they're going for that. And no, uh, exactly, it's going exactly. to be a bunch of guys in their final prove it year. Uh, it, there's a lot of weird things going on at quarterback, but there will probably be more concrete openings next offseason. Yes. Yes. I guarantee it. It would be a lot of, and like I said, it'd be a lot more quarterbacks being, you know, uh, pushed to the top. I guarantee you that too. Yeah. All right, that's pretty much it for the NFL draft talk. Uh, undrafted guys, you know, Quantrez Knight go to the Niners. We were talking about Alec Anderson, uh, offensive tackle, went to the Bills. Uh, it seems like Ethan Fernea, the you know, receiver turned running back, former walk-on, uh, after six years and uh, playing with a club on his arm for most of this past season on special teams, uh, going to the Colts. That's, that's pretty cool. Good for him. I, I don't know if he'll make the roster, and if he does, he'll be a special teams ace, but hey, Matthew Slater with the Patriots has made a 15 year career out of being a special teams ace. So there's a, there's definitely a precedent for that for him. So that's, that's a good story. Uh, I think Obi Ebo, I saw that he went somewhere, Paul Grattan, we were talking about with many camps. Um, so yeah, mo- most of the guys coming off the board. That's, that's pretty good for UCLA, whether it's in the draft or just moving well, on to the present general. Remember in NFL people, half the league, half is undrafted free agents. Yeah, and I'm talking about starters, not that these guys who just make the team. <laughs> Half the league who starts is undrafted free agents. So if you're undrafted free agent, 
you, you probably could be make a team if you go to the right team. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it for NFL draft. Let's move on uh, quickly just before we wrap things up to some UCLA men's basketball news. Uh, got a little more clarity on the roster for next season. David Singleton is coming back. He said he's coming back for that uh, super senior year, that fifth year. Um, so UCLA gets its three-point specialist back. Um, Miles Johnson, uh, the former Rutgers center, transferred, played last season uh, alongside Cody Riley uh, down low. Uh, he said he's, uh, he's not using that extra year of super senior eligibility. He's going to finish up his degree at UCLA, his uh, graduate uh, engineering degree and just focus on starting his career engineering, uh, which is going to make him a lot of money anyway. So good for him. <laughs> He's a smart dude. That's all good. Um, that pretty much answers all the questions for the, the roster next year. You got Cody Riley, who we still haven't heard from feels like he's going to leave. I feel like everyone's just kind of expecting that. Uh, and it would just kind of make sense. And then Jules Bernard is currently in the draft pool, but, uh, just generally, I feel like most people are accepting that he'll end up coming back barring some major change at the combine or something. So that that's, that's it. You've got your 2022, 23 UCLA men's basketball roster. They have a spot to add a transfer. Um, we can talk later on in the next coming weeks about what they need, who they should target. Um, but for now, yeah, you got your core. It's here. You know, you know what you're getting now. <laughs> No, I, I 100% agree. I think the the shock of just say the men's basketball is Jaime coming back because I felt like he would have had the highest draft stock out of everybody. But the fact that he come back, which is good for the UCLA, I love it. Um, I think, like you said, Jules Bernard, I think he comes back. So I think the starting five will probably be Tiger, Jules, uh, Jaime, and the two freshmen, McDonald's All-Americans that's coming in. That's yeah. just, you know, you know that I feel like that'll be the starting five for next year. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting because, I mean, you, you got to get Jalen Clark minutes, but, I mean, he'll it, in that situation, he can probably pay, play like high 20s minutes per game as six-man and be like back 12 six-man of the year. You're hoping he takes that next next step, um, which, which would really be huge for this team. Uh, and just quickly looking forward to the next next season, uh, the 2023 season, uh, you know, a couple recruits that UCLA was in on was making a lot of progress on. I think UCLA was in the top five for uh, Rayvon Griffith, a shooting guard, four star from uh, Cincinnati, who Mick Cronin had recruited while he was still back at Cincinnati, had uh, long ties with him. Uh, and he committed to Cincinnati on Sunday. So that's, that's not ideal. You had Dusty Stromer, on the other hand, four star uh, from, from Notre Dame and Sherman Oaks. So really in your backyard if you're UCLA. Uh, another four-star shooting guard. Uh, he committed to Gonzaga. I feel like uh, most of the momentum was trending UCLA's way for most of the past few months, uh, but there was a lot of buzz in the days leading up to this that Stromer was going to commit to Gonzaga. So not a total shock, but uh, considering the whole timeline of it, um, pre pretty surprising. Not ideal to lose a guy out of your backyard, uh, a high-scoring athletic wing like that. Um, and, and especially because once you get to that 2023-24 season, you have a lot of scholarships open. You're going to have to add a lot of guys to that roster because, I mean, Jaime will be done after the season. Tiger will probably be done after this season. 
Uh, Jules, if he comes back, he's definitely done. Same with Singleton's definitely done. Uh, Cody won't be here even if he comes back for this coming season. Uh, Amari Bailey's a, like definitely going to go one and done. Uh, Adem Bona might go one and done. We don't know. Uh, so you'll have like a senior Jalen Clark and Will McClendon and Dylan Andrews, and you'll have guys there, but you might have like eight spots to fill on that <laughs> roster. So if missing on these two guys individually isn't huge, but you're going to have to get those bodies from somewhere. And, and I, I hope that one year from now, they're not scraping the bottom of the barrel, but Hey, if Mick Cronin gets the guys he wants and if it's not all about star rankings and everything. And if, if Mick Cronin gets guys who fit his system and his style, who are three stars from Alaska, who cares? That's fine. Uh, but just not, it's not a very encouraging day on the recruiting trail for UCLA. Yeah. Uh, I thought the one uh, Sherman Oaks was definitely coming to UCLA, but I think that he wanted to see what uh, Jules Bernard was going to do. And the fact that he said, Jules, you know, I think Jules Bernard coming back. Well, so these, these guys are for next, next season. Ah, so, next yeah. Year. So, so this, yeah, the, the only guys that are going to be here, are maybe like Bona Clark, Dylan Andrews, McClendon. So, I mean, some people saying it's a playing time thing. I don't, I don't really think so. Just oh, yeah. it's a it's pretty so. it's a it's a mystery box in terms of what that team gives you. So it's kind of a blank slate. Um, so if, I think it's other things outside of that. No, if it's playing time, then Gonzaga would not be the spot for him to be honest, because Gonzaga is just going to recruit over him, you know, because they're going to look for the big time guys as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think this year is a crucial year for Nick Cronin in two cents. They got to win this year. They also got to win recruits. Now, a huge uh, thing now is that Duke, you know, might take a step back because Shashevsky's gone. So these top tier players, they might start scattering to different schools. And so UCLA, if they have a really good year this year, like a Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four kind of run and be in the top, you know, whatever it is, 10, 15. I think that they can start getting these uh, more high-level recruits. Think about it. They got two McDonald's All-Americans this year. Maybe they can get three next year. You know, maybe they get four. I mean, I don't know, but, like, it's, I'm hoping that. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys out there. Uh, like, Ron Holland, five-star, seemed to be in pretty good standing with him. Uh, who Like, Isaiah Collier, another five-star, is really good. Uh, just uh, Jacoby Walter, five-star shooting guard all guys they're in pretty good standing with have really decent shots with at the very least uh you got uh andre stoyakovic who's uh peja's son uh who they just offered this week he's kind of been blowing up on the nike uibl circuit and everything that'd be a good ad uh there there are guys out there that they're making progress on so this, this guy isn't falling but they're they are gonna have to start closing the deal with some of these guys yes uh, that's yes, that's for yes. sure mm-hmm That'll pretty much do it for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA uh, presented by Bet Online. Just want to thank you for listening. And again, uh, if you're not subscribed, don't have notifications on, make sure to turn those on. Listen to these every week. Travis and I will be here talking UCLA all through the off seasons uh, heading into next year. And you may think this is a little slow period, but we'll be, be making sure to talk everything UCLA as it happens. Uh, so Travis, Thank you so much for joining me again. And uh, where can people find you and your work online? Pretty much you can find me at 
at Travis on Instagram at Travis W Reed R E E D on Instagram. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I post all my social media on Instagram and Facebook. Also, we are the show and athletes journey is on YouTube. Uh, Big I post moves. Yeah. <laughs> so you can definitely check out uh, our interviews. My last interview on an athlete's journey was a friend of mine, Solomon Hughes. If anybody's been watching winning time, uh, the UCLA, I mean, UCLA, the, this dynasty of the Lakers, he is playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I, I used to play, I, we grew up together in the high school and in college. And so he's my next interview. So yeah, come check it out. Uh, it'll be posted on my, on my Instagram and on my Facebook. And like I said, I'm we're on YouTube as well. Nice. You got the, the big pull there. You the, the, that big headliner. That's, that's big. I'll, I'll make sure and watch that. I'm, I say, Oh wait. Yeah. New episode. I pr- probably comes out pretty soon. I yeah, think about it. Yeah. yeah we're we're yep. recording this Sunday. This night, week. Right? Yep. Yep. This week. Ooh, it comes out this so what, week. Two, two episodes left. Ooh, what'll happen. I don't know. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to find out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Eric, yep. So yeah, outside of our uh, favorite HBO shows, uh, <laughs> we will talk about UCLA stuff on this show moving forward. I promise. Uh, uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sam Conan. Uh, and then you can find uh, all Bruins.com, the UCLA site on sports illustrated. Uh, I'm the publisher and managing editor over there. You can find us on Twitter at SI underscore all Bruins or on Facebook at SI dot all Bruins. So again, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week and we'll see you later. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.